Hello there. Welcome to another episode of The Godfather Godfather Part Part 2 Minute with him, Andy Robinson. And with you, Alex Robinson. And today we're talking about minute number 94 of uh, Godfather Part 2. 94. (laughs) Uh, Andy, repeat after me. Minuto. Minuto. Numero. Numero. Uh... No. Come on, you can do it. Noventa cuatro. Oh, pretty close. What is it? Noventa cuatro. Noventa cuatro. Wow, it was pretty close. You're really close. That's great. It's starting to sink in. <laughs> it's only taken uh, 230 uh, lessons to get oh, to Well, not this really. Point. You think about it. You've only said this number once before in Italian. That's true, yeah. That's and true. During GF1. So yeah. don't, don't beat yourself up. You're right. You're right. I'm the only friend you got. <laughs> Tell us about the minute, Alex. <laughs> well, minute number 94, uh, our friend in Miami starts to tell Mikey the tragedy of Mo Green, who came up with Hyman in the good old days. Uh, he ran molasses into Canada, built the city of Las Vegas, and wound up with a bullet in the eye. Mm. So, yeah, this is... And uh, he's not even recognized for the achievements he... Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll break it down. And, oh, we will. Okay. I'm sure we'll, we'll it, yeah. go through and parse out a, a bunch mm-hmm. of the lines. We're so, going to uh, have to. Yeah. Where do, where do we begin, Alex? This is the, this is the, uh, the minute that you pre... I'm going to point out you pre-rated at 10. I've, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to rate a 10 right out of the gate. I'm going to wow, rate it. Wow, ready? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you who are not... People don't normally get to hear us rate them anymore That's because right. that usually falls into the into the uh, the bonus content. Yes. So uh, there you go, the listeners. A little teaser of what it's like in the bonus content. That's so right. Go to godfatherminute.com slash support and you can hear that. Do you think people could successfully guess our other ten other minutes that we rated ten? I feel like people who have been listening for all this time probably can pick out ones that we think would be tense. Yeah, they think they probably know us by now. Yeah. Or just moments that like are super iconic, you know, like mm-hmm. like it stepped over, you know, uh, that's gonna be a stone ten. in my shoe. <laughs> Tony Bennett records. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, great, yeah. we got the rating out of the way. <laughs> so, so let's start. Uh, at I the guess top. we'll talk next yeah. week. So uh, <laughs> until next, let's week, let's then. break this up into chunks. Yeah. Um, so he so, starts. So he starts off by talking about uh, he knew this kid came up with him in the in the rackets and stuff, and they mm-hmm. used to run molasses into Canada. Into Canada, yes, made a fortune. I think I Your misunderstood that all these years. I assumed they were running molasses out of Canada because Canada is very famous for molasses and syrup, mm-hmm. right? And that they were running it into America so that they could make booze here. That's, but I had it totally backwards, I they think. They were making the booze in Canada, I assume. The molasses was going from America to Canada? No, no, from from Havana to... Oh, because they are in Havana at the time, he's saying this. Well, 
Well, he well remember before he was saying, "Oh, we used to come here all the time in the twenties. Mm-hmm. We used to run molasses." I think he mentions the molasses in that part too, where he mentions with yeah. the trucks provided by your father. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so where the molasses is originating in Cuba? No, no. Well, yeah, in the Caribbean. In the that's Caribbean, where the sugar, and then shipping the, it to uh, Canada. Yeah, that's what he says in this minute. Running molasses into Canada. It seems like an extra step. You like. It seems like a, a entrepreneur would say, why don't we just make it into booze in Havana yeah. and then ship it right to America? Why are, we, why are we adding an extra stop to get to get caught? You know what I mean? Well, it and seems- in this minute, Hyman Roth says, we made a killing. Your father, too. But what he meant to say and what was in the original script is, uh, we got killed in transportation costs. <laughs> Exchange rate was not what we wanted. So we, the visa fees on, on top of it all. We went bankrupt. <laughs> dollar for Canadian dollar. <laughs> um, Shipping molasses into Canada. Yes. Mm-hmm. And to, to made a fortune. Made a fortune. Your father, too. Yeah. I like that even though this is clearly uh, Hyman Roth is, is, is angry at this point. Mm-hmm. That he's still working in the whole... Appealing to Mikey's nostalgia. Yeah. Like, your father, still, too. Don't forget, I was friends with your father. Yeah, he's still playing a paternal role. Mm-hmm. Mm, I could go for a paternal role. <laughs> um, he's trying to bully Michael. Let's face it. <laughs> give me the $2 million that your brother Fredo give it to brought me, in the Michael, give me the, give me the Give me the money. Give it to me. Just give it to me right <laughs> Mr. <here>. Mr. Paul, <laughs> it's about time you gave me the money. Stick him up. <laughs> he sticks him up. Right? He pulls a gun on him. <laughs> Enough of this, Michael. Guns. <laughs> uh, well, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what happened on January 15th, 1919? End of World War One, mm-hmm. Beginning of Prohibition? Well, Prohibition started in 1920, so this would have been oh, the year before okay. Prohibition started. Hmm. They'll never guess. I'll don't, never get it. Okay. Right. Out. What happened? Uh, that was the year in Boston. Uh, there was a accident at a molasses factory. Whoa! A tank containing uh, 2.3 million gallons of molasses. That's 8.7 million liters for you, uh, communists. Uh, broke, <laughs> and the streets of Boston were flooded with a 25 foot high wave of molasses. That leveled parts of the city. What? Injured 150 people and killed 21 people. Holy shit. You dying in a molasses flood? Who would have guessed that? 25 feet high? 25 foot high. <laughs> slow <laughs> wave of, know, of syrup. It's all <laughs> sticky. <laughs> oh, that's why people were dying. They couldn't run away. Yeah, I guess so. They stuck to the ground. It's like a gelatinous cube roaming oh, down the street. Nice. <laughs> Doesn't a gelatinous, gelatinous cube have no armor class? Because it, it, there's no, you can't really fight it. You know, I don't remember. I thought there was some something interesting about its armor class. That definitely sounds plausible. Like, yeah. You can hit it, but it just goes like... Like a wave of molasses. Yeah, exactly. For those of you <laughs> who don't know what we're talking about, the game Dungeons and Dragons, there's a monster called the Gelatinous Cube, which is basically a big blob. More details than that, but this is neither the time nor the place to go into it. <laughs> so, so this this molasses wave. This is a molasses wave, a gelatinous mm-hmm. wave. You're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. That it came out so quickly. It created a 25 foot high wave. Yeah. Wow. It, it's it's I just Alex. I want to say I'm not buying it. Really? Because of the tank. You think it was a false flag operation? <laughs> I'm saying that in order for. In order for a wave that big to stay that high long enough to like kill people and sweep people away, 
it, the tank would have to be so big and those people would have to be so close to it and the break in the tank would have to be so significant rather than just a, like a minor flooding out. of it, right? I don't know. Those are the olden well, days. We'll ask, we'll answer. Yeah. I'll do. <laughs> no, no. I tr- you know what? You've already researched. I'll do greater it. research on it. Okay. Uh, it does seem like it, there should be a, like a Ken Burns documentary about it <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Because is, is there a name of the event? It's like the Great Molasses Wave of nineteen nineteen. The Great Molasses Flood is what it was really? called. Yeah. Oh, so, so Google Google that and <laughs> see what comes up. <laughs> the nineteen nineteen Molasses Panic. <laughs> Well, yeah, everyone's panicking. They're running away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, um, that is crazy. Yes. Well, you did mention Prohibition, as mm-hmm. did uh, Hyman Roth. And uh, for the children who might not have been around back then, Prohibition was when alcohol was illegalized. In, yeah. uh, illegalized. In, illegal. You never hear someone say something was illegalized. You're, You're right. legalized. You never hear illegalized. You're right. You're out- outlawed or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, let's start using that one. Illegalized. Illegalized. Yeah. So, yes, from 1920 to 1933 uh, is when al- it was illegal to buy or consume alcohol. And, and what was, the, what was the, the preface to that? Well, the good intentions because alcohol was a problem. A lot of... Uh, um, Particularly, like family groups were in favor of it because mm. uh, a lot of families, like the fathers, would be alcoholics and would beat their children mm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, a lot less options in terms of getting divorced, or you know, so it was really seen as like a way of protecting mm. families and so on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I, I had the ironic effect of basically giving a a. Uh, Impetus for organized crime, like mm. people, like mm-hmm. people regard alcohol as a harmless vice. Most people. So, what are you gonna do? So I'll drink to that. Yes. So it's gonna be a not even you drink. So uh, yes. So um, that's when the gangsters really became. This is this is the golden age of the gangsters because yeah, they probably made enough money to get organized and to and to. It was a springboard into other organized criminal yeah. acts. And actually, it was only when Prohibition was repealed that they started getting more into other, what you think of as other traditional mafia things, mm. like unions and mm-hmm. things like that. So oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, one more point about that 1919 event is... Mo- I think you're right. Most people see alcohol... Going back to the molasses thing? Yeah, most people see <laughs> alcohol as a harmless vice, but... Mm-hmm. As soon as alcohol was illegalized, and especially when they saw that molasses wave, they went running for cover. <laughs> a lot of money in that. What color is it? Brown? Sure, that, brown. In that liquid. brown. Oh, yeah. Uh, that brown. What would you call it? Syrup? Oh, yeah. It's not white powder. It's not white. It's brown. Brown syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite a solid. Not quite a liquid. It is a liquid, I guess, but it's a very viscous yeah. liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Viscous. Um, so, You've had your viscous molasses drink, consigliere. <laughs> so here's a question. Mm-hmm. Do, you have, do you have anything else you wanted to... Uh, anything? No, not uh, about the uh, no, molasses wave, no. So, so uh, I'm also... Although I do want to write a song about it. The, the Great Molasses. It's more like a Bob Dylan folk yeah, song. Yeah. Right? And what was it called again? The Molasses? The great Molasses Flood of 1919. Oh, that is... Oh, I've totally <laughs> got to write a song about it. Have you heard everywhere that there's... A, a molasses wave coming near. <laughs> it should be all slow because the molasses was oh, all yeah. slow. <laughs> Maybe that's the chorus. It gets all. <laughs> they were quickly walked away from the flood. <laughs> yeah. 
So Hymenrod starts telling the story, mm-hmm. and we all know it's going to be about Mo Green. Yeah. Does Mikey know that? Is he like, oh boy, is he? Is, he's telling me this. I know it's Mo Green. He's, he's acting like it's going to be a big oh. reveal. Is he like, <laughs> oh, Pop has told us to me. Clemenza's <laughs> told us to me. <laughs> so do you think Mikey knows? It's, is Mikey shocked when he says that man's name was Mo well, Green? Well, I think at some point he figures it out. I, I'm assuming that at least when he says that city was Las Vegas. Yeah. Because he says that before he reveals it's Mo Green. Right, yeah. So I'm assuming at that point. So he's giving like more clues. Yeah. As, <laughs> as it gets like easier to guess man, as you get closer to the man had vision. <laughs> His he initials could, were MG. <laughs> he did wear glasses. <laughs> liked his massages. <laughs> Sound familiar <laughs> yet, Mikey? <laughs> you think you're going to buy him out, but he's was the one who buys you out. <laughs> That's how visionary he was. <laughs> he even bought me out for a time period. Some people said he was unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> he took he took in uh, unsuccessful the brothers of unsuccessful siblings of gangsters to show them the ropes. <laughs> I mean, Gravy was like, he was like, there was a man I knew back in New York. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. It was Tessio, right? And he's like, no, no, listen, let me tell you. And then he keeps, like, he keeps guessing, like, wrong, assuming it's other people. Diamond's getting on like with him. No, it was not buffalo-headed fat Clemenza. I'm Michael, I'll give you three guesses. <laughs> I'm off. always lets his partners get, make guesses. <laughs> Oh, uh, Mr. Mr. Roth, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'd like to phone a friend for my first guest. I'd like to uh, talk to Barzini. Can't talk about Mo Green without talking about Barzini. Can't, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, maybe that's who Mo Green. Before we started recording, we were we were playing back that that overdub. Yeah, and maybe Mo Green when he's in a tough position, he he, that's his phone a friend. Is Barzini his lifeline? He he, he calls Barzini. Oh, <laughs> no matter what situation he's in. I think he he calls James Earl Jones to overdub his dialogue oh. in, that, in that minute. <laughs> so also, like we kind of take it for granted of the, obviously that this is Mo Green and that, but. If, it's kind of funny if you think about it. Like, out of all the characters in GF1, Barzini never comes up, Tatalia never comes up, Cuneo, none mm-hmm. of these guys ever come up. But Mo Green, out of all the gangsters in GF2, or in GF1, it's just funny that they call back him out of all the people. Yeah, well, it makes sense, though, story-wise, because he was the one that was closest with Heimroth. And wasn't Mo Green Jewish? Yeah, but I mean, he's barely in the movie. Oh, he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's yeah. in like maybe like a, <laughs> two minutes of the film. Not even. But it does connect. Yeah. The whole, I mean, the reason Heimenroth is saying this is mm-hmm. because someone, Michael had Heimenroth, had Mo Green killed. Yeah. And Heimenroth never asked about it. Right. Like, it fits the story. Oh, yeah. You're it totally saying, fits the You're st- saying it's funny of all the people. Like, he is the one that's referenced well how many people seeing gf2 for the first time were familiar enough with gf1 to even remember mo green's name oh yeah wow. you know what i mean like he's, yeah. he wasn't like he was prominently like yeah so it like were people like who's he talking about or i guess when he mentions las vegas maybe that clues a little a little bit more maybe because people would, maybe would remember the uh 
Well, doesn't Ivan Roth end this monologue by saying, and someone put a bullet in his eye? I think that's next minute, right? No, no, that's in this Oh, one. that is this yeah, minute. Yeah, okay. So yeah. There's, there's another clue. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that helps the audience, clues the audience in a little bit more. I just think it's kind of funny in a structural way. You know, I think that's kind of what makes Mo Green kind of almost more like it retroactively makes mm-hmm. him more important because he's basically just like Cuneo, like yeah. you know, like he's he's hardly mentioned. He's he's hardly in the movie. Yeah, so. he is. Um, well, and that's very meta because if Hyman Roth didn't give this monologue about Mo Green, I think the audience really, like you're saying, probably would have forgotten about Mo Green forever, and. One of Hyman Roth's points is that he's not remembered. Yeah, totally. There's no signpost is <laughs> a black. <laughs> so if this if is... they hadn't mentioned him in the second movie, <laughs> they totally would be totally forgotten now. <laughs> that's why I'm mentioning him I here. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> I insist that you include this dialogue in the movie in case someone is filming us talking now, Michael. I think to get Mo Green's name out there, he really does this monologue a lot. Like oh. he's getting coffee and stuff. He's like, Mr. Roth, would you like some more coffee? He's like, let me tell you a story. <laughs> I knew a young man who also liked coffee. <laughs> and he would always connect it with the person who'd be like, you know, we well, drank a lot of coffee. Your father too. <laughs> no matter what, you know, the oh, person yeah. was. So, uh, it's great. No matter what comes up, he can always find a way. That's a suit. That's Hyman Roth's superpower. He can always connect a conversation to an experience with Mo Green. Wow. Yeah. He's real. He's a good salesman. <laughs> we'll have to do it. Not that there are many Hyman Roth scenes left, but we'll yeah. have to do that from now on. <laughs> you watched uh, you watched Larry Sanders show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember there was that one episode where they're talking to William Shatner on speakerphone. And they were like, "Let's get, let's see if we can get him to say Klingon on on the on the, in the conversation. Like, oh, let's let's steer." Wait, it wait, you mean the Larry Sanders show from years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. There was one scene where they were trying to book William Shatner, uh-huh. and they're like, "I bet you can get him to say. I oh, bet that's... I can make him get him to say Klingon <laughs> on the phone call." That's what it was the time in Raw. You're like, "I bet I can get him talking about Mo Green within three minutes of us <laughs> sitting down, like." <laughs> You know, like leading, saying leading <laughs> questions that gets gets uh, jump in about Mo Green. It's <laughs> awesome, and and he looks and Mo Hyman Roth looks over at Johnny and says, "And Mo Green never licked his fingers while serving cake, <laughs> did he, Johnny?" <laughs> By the way, I rewatched oh, Last Minute. Oh yeah, with the new interpretation that you provided. That it was actually Johnny Ola screwed who, it up. who erroneously gave the go-ahead yeah. to kill. It's perfect. It's perfect for It us. is just the reaction that, that Hyman Roth has. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So, yeah. But what's even funny about yeah. that is... is uh, Oh, yeah, it totally works. I was going to say that Roth originally tries to cover for Johnny by saying, oh, the it's Rosado Frank, Brothers. The Rosado Brothers. But it, it actually... He, Hyman doesn't learn that until Michael says, I didn't give the go-ahead. That's when Roth <laughs> learns that Johnny did it, and that's when his face he gets all mad. Do you think Johnny tried to... Did Johnny... Do these, you know, Johnny, who... What, what, what's this going on with these Rosado brothers? I, I saw in the paper that they're dead. And he's like, oh, yeah, Michael Corleone gave it the clear. Yeah. And Michael Corleone <laughs> said hello. <laughs> so you're saying when he oh. says... Uh, I didn't give the okay. That's the first time Hyman Roth is learning that Mikey didn't. Yes. <laughs> and that's why he looks mad and then looks at Johnny Ola and Johnny shifts in his chair. It's perfect. It really oh, is. Man. I really like that. I really like that interpretation. So great. <laughs> Here he has all these agents everywhere and he's still just finding out about it now that he didn't give the go. <laughs> 
so anyway, you mentioned the signpost and the plaque yes. and the statue. Yes. Which don't exist or aren't in Las Vegas. I know. Now, years ago when we started this journey, yeah. you had done a little bit of a Dick Tracy, Dip Tracy, and found out, wasn't someone doing a Kickstarter to try to get a plaque of Mo Green in Vegas? I don't remember some now. Pro- I, remember I remember something. we talked about the idea of doing it. Oh, maybe we... No, there was definitely something. Maybe it was like a petition. Maybe someone did ah. a petition to for the city <laughs> to do it. And it. You know, so I think that's maybe what it was. I think that we pushed it to say we should do a Kickstarter since we know someone who has a business in Las Vegas. Yeah. And then we can have them just put up the plaque in their store or oh, outside that's or whatever. Great. We got, still got to do it. Yeah. Put, that, put a pin in that. Okay, so. we'll do <laughs> Uh, yeah, so would you rather have... So one of the funny things is that Lee Strasberg, the actor who plays Hyman Roth, uh, I guess he does have a signpost in New York City. Does he? It's one of those things, you know, where like the street also... I think it's oh, yeah. 15th Street. Yeah, I think co-named. Yeah, it's like the, the name of the street, but then they'll have another thing under it. and It'll yeah. say like, you know, the Taika Boulevard or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. Usually with celebrities, they'll give them like a one block yeah, yeah. Uh, thing. So given that... So Lee Strasberg has one. There is one. Lee Strasberg wow. Way is in New York City. Next Excellent. time, we, next time we go there, when I mean, we do our tour, we're gonna have to go to the Lee Strasberg. Yeah. Way. Do you remember what street it is? I think it's like East Fifteenth Street. Oh, cool. So um, is he? He's from New York, probably, right? Well, I actually, you know, I have a, I have some, a biographical sketch of okay, Mr. Strasberg. Good. But before we do that, I uh-huh. want to ask you: Would you let me ask who is the real Andy Robinson? <laughs> Fire away. Are you going statue? Are you going signpost? Or are you going plaque? For myself. Yeah. For my, for, my legacy, for my legacy. Yeah, for your legacy. Oh. And where would you want the statue to commemorate your greatest mm, accomplishment? Great question. Or signpost or... Right, exactly. Or, where would you uh, want your, your memorial... Uh, I, you know, I know statues are falling out of fashion, but I'm going statue. I agree. I, I think statue's the strongest choice. It's the most badass. And I would want the statue of me standing with, uh, like we're recording right now. You For our listeners, Alex and I now stand just mm-hmm. about seven feet away from each other, facing each other, both standing with mm-hmm. these mic stands. So I want that. I want a microphone stand of me standing and talking. Maybe waving my arms. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be you, so I wouldn't be yeah. in the. I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be like a two-person statue. Well, the second to, Kickstarter would be. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, raise we'll see money for you. See how the first one does. Yeah. Maybe maybe a second smaller statue. Yeah, I saw. Or a plaque. A plaque. <laughs> you get the statue. I'll do the plaque. I'm podcasting with a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Corleone, there's a there's a plaque in my name. So you want the statue to be you in front of a microphone? gesticulating wildly with your hands yeah okay that's yeah. right i like that i wonder if they had had a statue of mo green would it just be like a bust <laughs> of his head you think would it be him laying there looking up with looking the, with up his gla- pre-shot 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 mm. right before he gets shot he's looking up all all um hopeful for oh, his new vision and with a vision yeah either that or him smacking fredo around <laughs> there'd be another small he smacked his brother around he, he he smacked a statue of his brother around. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, <That's> weird. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be the weirdest statue. A Mo Green like about to about to punch Fredo Corleone, who's all cowering. 
<laughs> you think that's how? How do you think you think that's how it went down? How did Mo oh, Green wind gosh. up slapping uh, Freda? Well, we this. Let's start with what we know. We okay. know that drinks that customers couldn't get drinks at the table, mm-hmm. and we and probably so these is players couldn't. These players couldn't right. get drinks at the table. Players right? yeah. couldn't get drinks at the table. Probably because Fredo was having intercourse with two waitresses at a time, and therefore so, the waitresses were occupied and couldn't get drinks. So you think this the incident was the specific incident where he slapped him had to do with was related to the two waitresses at a time? I'm guessing so because that's all the information we have. But I'm still wondering what what would the scene be like? Is he like where, where where's Fredo? And he's walking around. He goes into some. Opens yeah. up some storage room and he sees all three of them in there. And he's like, "What are you doing?" And it smacks him right there. I, I think even more that he's looking for the waitress. He's like, "Yeah, where's the oh, I can look yeah. at tables for them." Yeah. Like, I don't know. Gladys was just here a second ago, and then he's like, yeah. he said he's, he's opening up like clot the refrigerator <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> ah, Mo, <laughs> <laughs> I created this desert stop off stop off ride vision. <laughs> I had vision. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great. Um, that would have been a great uh, last fu to Hyman Roth. Is if Mikey had a statue of Fredo put up in Las mm. Vegas, saying he was the founder of the state that he started Las oh Vegas. Oh my gosh, that would have <laughs> broken Hyman Roth. <laughs> Of all people, Fredo. <laughs> Although I think it would have been more insulting if it was like Michael Corleone, right? Because he's the one who ends up beating him. Yeah, like he's he's changing history. Yeah, that's true. Rewriting <laughs> history. Yeah. How about you? Statue, plaque, or signpost? <laughs> uh, I feel like statue. I feel like statue's the. Yeah. What would you want? Uh, I feel like you could have a little plaque on the statue. Too. Yeah, saying who you were. Yeah. What pose would you want? And what would you want the statue made of? Like marble, mm, classic plutonium. bronze. What? Plutonium. <laughs> it wouldn't be molasses. Frozen molasses oh, statue. Oh, yeah. You have to keep it somewhere where it's always cold, because otherwise it'll That's melt right. and everyone will drown. Everyone will <laughs> well, I'm afraid we've come to the portion where we drop down the paywall and people have to go to godfatherminute.com slash support if they want to hear the rest. That's right. And for just a dollar an episode, you'll hear extended content double your double. listening uh, time from Make the radio Make it a double conciliary. <laughs> Seriously, check it out. We have, Alex and I roll hard, and we are rocking the bonus content. So go to godfatherminute.com slash support. More!